You're listening to a new episode of Flux Pod. My name is Matthew Perpetua. This episode features Kate Holderness, uh, who works at Tumblr. She's uh, going to talk to me about what has been big on Tumblr in music in the past year. Every year, Tumblr puts out these things called fandom metrics. And uh, we're going to kind of break down a lot of the big trends. And obviously, one of the biggest trends is K-pop. So we're going to talk a lot about K-pop in this episode. But there's going to be some surprises, I think. Uh, there's definitely some surprises for me. Um, this episode is a free episode. Uh, but some of the episodes of this podcast are only for Patreon listeners. Uh, the episodes that come out on Saturdays. And if you want to get every episode, and I recommend that you do, uh, you got to check out patreon.com slash fluxblog. It is $5 a month. You get four to five extra episodes per month. It is a good deal. I'm telling you right now, it's a good deal. Um, and also, you know, if you like this podcast, I, I really urge you to tell other people about it. Um, to post it on your social medias and, you know, whatever. Whatever you got to do. Because uh, this is, there's there's no money behind this thing. There's no advertising. There's no uh, corporation. There's no, uh, you know, podcasting conglomerate. It's just me. And uh, for this to get out in the world, uh, it really requires word of mouth. So if you can do that, I, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and right now, let's just move on to the episode with Kate's Holderness. Kate Holderness, can you tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Hello. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, I am Kate Holderness, and I am Tumblr's managing editor. I'm on the editorial team at Tumblr, and I do a lot of um, a lot of data-driven research about what's popular on Tumblr as a platform, what the communities are talking about, and and what you know, what the memes are, what the what the popular things are at any given time, whether it's on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a yearly basis. And prior to that, we worked together at BuzzFeed for a long time, and you uh, were the Tumblr point person there, and you uh, were the person who, who made the dress happen. It's true. Thank you to Tumblr for that as well. <laughs> I have a lot to be grateful to Tumblr about. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I miss working with you. Yeah, but, but that you know, but that is a I think the, almost like the thing where you proved exactly how powerful Tumblr is as something that kind of uh, develops culture, yeah. and creates culture. It's fascinating to see like what what goes popular on Tumblr and then how it gains popularity on other platforms. You know, like it's so many things I feel like get their start on Tumblr. Um, and then just get blown up, you know, weeks or months later and become like wildly popular. And I think one of the things we'll kind of get into soon is just Tumblr is its own cultural ecosystem. It's not, it is kind of a countercultural thing in a lot of ways. Oh, 100%. Like the thing I always say is that like, there's not, there's also not like one Tumblr, like Tumblr is what you make of it. So there are so many different like small communities and large communities on Tumblr where like you, you know, like say you are a fan of the hit TV show Supernatural. Like 
there's a fandom for that. There's a place for that. You can just be a supernatural blogger. Um, you can just be a fashion blogger, you know, like you're a sneakerhead. Like you can just have a blog and follow people who only, you know, post about sneakers. There's a, it's a, it's a, it's a community made up of all of these smaller communities. And sometimes things spread across the different, the different groups on Tumblr, but it really is what you make of it. You know, like you're curating your dashboard. And I think that's really cool. And, you know, as opposed to a thing like Twitter, where it's almost impossible to avoid a lot of things, Tumblr seems like a place where you can, Tumblr is a place where you can go to just like, this is just the version of the world that I want. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And every now and then you'll get something like weird or funny or viral on Tumblr that kind of breaks free from those smaller communities and and gets to be iterated on by these other places um, on Tumblr. And and so it's interesting to see like what has crossover effects, um, like what goes like truly viral, like what are the memes, how do the memes adapt to the different smaller communities. Um, but yeah, you really, things don't appear on your dashboard in the way they would on a Twitter feed. Um, and the other cool thing is that like Tumblr can be totally anonymous, you know, it is not, it does not have to be tied to your like IRL identity at all. So I I think it allows for people to feel a little bit more free and a little bit more enthusiastic in the things that they are talking about and engaging with in a way that like you wouldn't do on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, you know, like you might have a, a, a Finsta dedicated to, you know, like fan art of your favorite, you know, anime, but like on Tumblr, like you can just have like a community of people to talk to and like content to consume and to share. It's really interesting to see. I feel like Tumblr kind of invented the, even the notion of having like these kind of Finsta kind of things. And I was just kind of, I mean, people just kind of brought that over to Instagram just as a way of like making that more like Tumblr. Right. Yeah. It's a side blog. A Finsta is a side blog. <laughs> and how, like how many different tumblers have you maintained at once I oh mean, my God. Some, like close to like 20 or more yeah yeah <laughs> i have weight i just wait. remember seeing like your dashboard of like all your different like switch identities oh yeah yeah it's like oh my god yeah, it's like i i have a bread blog that i update really quite a bit you know it's it's my place to like store my like sourdough bread recipes and like inspiration <laughs> It's wonderful. Tumblr bread communities must have been going out of control this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bread was big on Tumblr this year. Okay, so what is Tumblr like in 2020? For like for, for maybe people who are kind of like lapsed Tumblr users or people who have like, a, we're kind of dimly aware of Tumblr or I think a lot of people like since <laughs> Tumblr can no longer host vast quantities of pornography, uh, people are like, what, well, what, even, what even is it? It is one of my favorite jokes that I've seen uh, in recent months is that like like 2020 Tumblr is 2012 Tumblr. Like it is 2012 again on Tumblr. Like people, like the fun thing is, is that like people are not ashamed. There's a sense, I think, especially during quarantine and because of COVID, like there's this sense of like, like fuck it like cringe culture doesn't exist like i'm gonna be enthusiastic and happy and angry and all of that stuff and i'm gonna do it without shame so like you we've seen this like huge outpouring of like you know what i really love doctor who and i'm just gonna go back to like reblogging doctor who gifts you know and and that's really fun to see this kind of lack of um 
of like shame, this lack of embarrassment, and very much a a, a sense of people just being like, "No, this is who I am." Tumblr is a place, a place for of it. pure joy, exactly, and you know, pure joy, pure enthusiasm for whatever you know, like. Uh, it was a huge year, clearly, for you know, Black Lives Matter, and um, we've seen a, a large amount of like political discourse on Tumblr um, when it comes to the election season in the U.S. It was it was just huge, <laughs> and it, and it, and weird in its own kind of Tumblr way because um, election <laughs> night happened and we didn't know the results, and then. Um, a major ship from the show Supernatural went canon. <laughs> Destiel, right? Yeah, Destiel. In the middle of like the kind of election uncertainty, th- this thing happened. This angel confessed his love to a main character, and and it like broke Tumblr. It was so much fun to see. It was just a night of pure joy where people were like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be posting about Supernatural again." You know, like, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And it's it's funny because like I think, you know, prior to twenty fifteen, it was pretty frequent for there there to be these days of great joy on the internet. And obviously the 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 dress and that being the same day as like the, the llama thing, like that was a very special day on the internet. Yeah. And I feel like like maybe things are starting to move back towards allowing that. Yeah, I think so. You know, we call it we call that night that happened um the night of super Putin election because it was supernatural. There was a rumor, a completely unsubstantiated rumor that uh, Russian president Vladimir Putin was going to be resigning. And then the election uncertainty and the night of super Putin election, like all of these things kind of combined in the way that the, the llamas and the, the dress combined of this sense of like, okay, well, these are weird and funny and interesting and like, everything is amped up and like joyful in a way, you know, like, okay, like what's next. Was there a certain kind of, was there a, that kind of an excitement when uh, it was announced that Biden had won? It, yes. I think there was a, a lot of like really enthusiastic um, uh, posts about it um, for sure. There's a lot of um, concern about the Georgia runoff election and, and how important it is Um because uh, it'll end up deciding who controls the Senate. So, like, yeah. there's a lot, a lot of political stuff still happening. A lot of you know um, criticism of both parties for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, people are people want to feel good about things. <laughs> so uh, we're going to focus in on music because this is a music centric <laughs> podcast, um, and you know, obviously, the biggest thing that people connect. Uh, to Tumblr with regards to music is K-pop. And, uh, you know, so I was going through like the, the fandom metrics that Tumblr puts out every year, the stuff for this year. And uh, K-pop is obviously so big that there is a whole, there's two whole categories that are devoted entirely to K-pop, K-pop groups and K-pop stars and or idols, I should say. Um, <laughs> it's true. I mean, so K-pop is it, just it, massive. And I think like one of the big stories of, of music in this year, and I, I don't actually feel like a lot of music writers have actually meaningfully engaged with this to the point where you'll see like these these 
publications put out your list that just, ex- just pretend like no music came from South Korea. Yet again, no music from South Korea. No, try again next year, South Korea. Um, that is why it, that is just wild to me because we have seen such an influx over the last couple of years of this popularity. You know, BTS is like the biggest thing in the world. And it's right. not and I, I think in BTS. BTS, like, you know, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. It's just like the, the first beachhead of like this enormous invasion of Korean, uh, South Korean musicians. And I, I, I think K-pop uh, as a term can be misleading because there is this whole machine of K-pop, but there's also like this huge boom of all sorts of South Korean artists, uh, rappers, oh, indie yeah. rock bands, all like, there's a lot of really good indie rock in South Korea right now. That's that's one of the things I've been kind of focusing in on. That's really interesting. And a lot of them are really creative and interesting. Um, and I think the th- I think the thing that really kind of connects uh, all of the K-pop is this kind of like anything goes spirit. Oh yeah. Uh, as opposed, to, like this, like we'll just do anything. Like musically, we'll just go all the way. It's it's a very maximalist uh, genre in the in the macro sense. Musically and aesthetically, like if you look at K-pop music videos, they are they are so different. You know, like they are all like incredibly striking visually, but like you have things. You know, um, there's this uh, guy Augusty uh, Suga from. Um, BTS who dropped a mixtape this year and he dropped a video that uh, like kind of blew me away because I'd never really seen it was like a a video where he's you know like in a historic um uh like like war-torn part of Korea and like combining the aesthetics of you know this historical period and these beautiful intricate costumes with like a modern like Korean hip hop aesthetic, like it was fascinating to me. I think that K-pop, broadly speaking, would just not be happening in the United States and in the West in general, if not for Tumblr, because that was the incubator for fandom uh, for quite a long time. I remember even going back into like 2011, 2012, 2013, like that's where the K-pop stuff was bubbling up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it's big enough that like we have our own K-pop blog on Tumblr that's editorial run, but the it's Tumblr was a place for these early fans to kind of discover new artists, to connect with fans around the world. You know, like a lot of times you would get a new group coming out and the way you would hear about it would be like, oh, your mutual on Tumblr just reblogged this photo set. Like, oh, I want to check that out. Yeah, it. I think an interesting thing about Tumblr and it's this kind of going through looking through like all of these um these different lists of uh, uh, artists and even beyond the K-pop stuff, just all of it is the thing that strikes me is that it's a really good place to build like an, an audience as opposed to just people finding your music, people like being taught to become like hardcore fans, whether it's like big pop stars or like people that like in the outside world, it's almost like they don't exist. Like there's one artist um, that was in the top groups. It was number nine on the list, a group called the mechanisms. And I was like, who the fuck are the mechanisms? And had to put it on. I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. And can you just explain what they are? Cause it really requires some explanation. There's so much context needed for this. <laughs> And I like dove deep in it because I just find it so interesting. And, you know, like part of my day job is I do these um, weekly um, fandom metrics lists where we rank nine different categories and like musical groups is one of them. And, and this band popped up earlier this year and I was like, I've never heard of them. I've got to find out everything about them because like they came out of nowhere and they are, <laughs> um, they are a group that role plays as space pirates and they have as you do as you do and they've built this entire story arc through multiple concept albums um they streamed their last project called death to the mechanisms in january and it like just exploded fans love it because it's like this fascinating storytelling and they're especially enthusiastic because um, one of the members of the band is this guy, Jonathan Sims, and he is a writer and voice actor on the podcast, The Magnus Archives, which is this like extremely popular like horror podcast. So, so fans of the Magnus Archive discovered the mechanisms, you know, because they're like, oh, what else are the, you know, are my favorite voice actors doing? And they found the mechanisms and then just got like obsessed with it. It's great. It's, I think part of it taps into like the storytelling aspect. Like Tumblr as a community loves having that kind of emotional storytelling and a band like the mechanisms leans into that and so there's a natural place for it on tumblr what shall we do with a drunk i don't even need to be here do i what shall we do with a drunk space pirate distant stars awaiting way hey the wormhole beckons way hey the wormhole beckons way hey the wormhole beckons distant stars Shove him in the air, look till he's sober. Shove him in the air, look till he's sober. Shove him in the air, look till he's sober. Distant stars waiting. Way hey, the one for beckons. Way hey, the one for beckons. Way hey, the one for beckons. Distant stars away. Strap him to the rear hall in a spacesuit. Strap him to the rear hall in a spacesuit. Strap him to the rear hall in a spacesuit. Distant stars awaiting. Way hey, the one for beckons. Way hey, the one for beckons. Way hey, the one for beckons. Distant stars away. Throw him in the brink with a slavering moonbeast. Throw him in the brink with a slavering moonbeast. Throw him in the brink with a slavering moonbeast. Distant stars awaiting. Way, hey, way, hey, way, hey, hey. Distant stars away. Twenty kisses of the 
vibro lash. Twenty kisses of the vibro lash. Twenty kisses of the vibro lash. Your distant stars are waiting. Have the mechanisms done anything to kind of really engage with like this Tumblr audience? I'm not sure. I should look into that. <laughs> yeah, but I know I, there are I mean, other a lot, of these, a lot of the artists that are on the list are like so big that they're just putting stuff in the world. But I don't. I think maybe some of the smaller ones it would kind of be wise to like directly engage this audience. Yeah, a fun thing we saw is um, another person, another group that appeared on the music groups list is this band, The Amazing Devil. Um, they premiered at number number twenty, 20 on, the on the list. Yeah, and it's really cool because uh, one of the the members of this band is this guy Joey Beatty, who is most famous for playing Jaskier on the Netflix show The Witcher, um, which is extremely popular on Tumblr. Fans really, really love, especially his character, but The Witcher in general. Um, and so when Joey Beatty came out with this music project, um, the vibe of it really resonated with Witcher fans. People just wanted to like go and live in a forest and be feral and listen to music that they connected with. Hmm. And, and so they have beaten Nirvana and Led Zeppelin and Green Day and Slipknot on this list. Yeah. <laughs> and like the cool, thing, the cool thing is like, we saw like Joey Beatty actually started an official Tumblr because he noticed he was getting so much love for this album from Tumblr specifically. Silent watching stones They watch the stars hurl all their fundaments In wonderment At you and yours Forever asking for you are the space that's in between Every page, every corner, and every screen You are the trip word on the rift In the words that I promise I don't need We're drunk but drinking they thought us blind We weren't just blinking All the stones and kings of old Will hear us screaming at the cold Remember me, I ask Remember me, I sing Give, Give me back my heart, you wingless thing Think of all the horrors that I promised you I'd bring I promise you mm. One thing, looking at this list of the music groups that kind of hit me was um, the artists who are new to the list, who weren't there last year. And some of them are like, I wonder how they got in on this. What like what changed? So like the 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 biggest one is like number twenty seven, Guns and Roses. And like what happened with Guns and Roses to get Guns and Roses in Tumblr? Or like or number forty two is the Cure, and number forty eight is Depeche Mode. Like what changed for those artists? So I think a lot of it is um, because of the year that twenty twenty has been. Like it has been a bad year and people are seeking comfort and like nostalgia in a way that, that we haven't seen other years. You know, people are like, you know what? I just want to get, feel real emo and listen to the cure and just feel my emotions and then post about it. Hmm. Yeah. Also the Smiths is there too, but Smiths didn't really surprise me. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, there's a surprisingly huge, like, metal, like, community fan. Yeah, that, that's definitely apparent in the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal is yeah, really metal big. and pop punk definitely will, uh, I mean, the, the, the number one music group on this list is My Chemical Romance. And number two, this surprises me, not at all, is Queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Queen is super popular on platform, not only because they were an incredible band, of course, um, but the movie Bohemian Rhapsody that came out last year or the year before um, is an extremely popular movie on Tumblr, like huge fandom uh, for the movie and the actors. And so we see Queen kind of get a steady boost because of um, people discovering more of their music through that movie or vice versa. I've heard a lot of anecdotes about like young teens, like tweens and young teens who just get like really obsessed with that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those movies where like, I'm just going to watch this movie every day. <laughs> it was like me <laughs> with Jupiter ascending. Wayne's world for me, or, you know, or the empire strikes back. Like I, I you know, right. Yeah. It's, it's, just a, it's a thing that teens do. Those like, I will just do this over and over. Um, what, one of the things that I was just like, what? about was the top solo artists um which is largely the people that you think it would be you know your harry styles and taylor swift sean mendez selena gomez rihanna ariana grande lana del rey halsey you know beyonce and megan the stallion you know of course right yeah but number four on this list is hozier and it's like how did he get such a following on tumblr oh my god he has the hugest following on Tumblr. Um, first off, like I am personally a huge fan of his music, so like I'm part of that fandom. Um, but we see people kind of um, really, first off, they love his music. It taps into this kind of like vibe, like I was talking about, about like being kind of feral. You know, like there's a, a running joke that like, he lives in a forest and he emerges once every four years to drop an album that breaks the world. And then he goes back to his like fey, um, like forest hideout underneath a mushroom and like just lives there. See, that's the narrative uh, Bonnie Vera could have had, but he just kind of walked away from it. He, you know, he could have tapped into that and he did not, you know? Yeah, I mean, in fairness, you get to decide what you want to be. But, it's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. But, like, but yeah, but, but, but I think that's pe- people are definitely attracted to that like mysterious loner in the woods thing. Well, and it's a it's an interesting combination of like yeah, that mysterious kind of loner in the woods who like drops a song like "Take Me to Church," where the lyrics are like like so intense and like um also a little horny, but you know, mainly just very, very intense and like taps into this sense of kind of like, you know, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like this kind of like ancient kind of feeling of like, whether it's like holiness or, or like longing, you know, like it's about the yearning and people love to yearn and he writes great songs for that. But he also, you know, is extremely progressive. He's been very open about, you know, um, crediting, you know, the everything that um, that black musicians and black female musicians have done, and that kind of representation and kind of uplifting of of people of color really resonates with um, 
how progressive like the Tumblr community is and how much they care about that kind of representation, that kind of credit. What does uh what what does it what do posts about Hozier look like? Like what are what are they sharing? Are there is there like a lot of gifts of Hozier? Or like how does this work? Not a ton of gifts. That you get like visual edits or like you know like a, a mood board. Do you, are you do you know what a mood board is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you so maybe you can explain to the audience what it is. Sure. A mood board is like a collage of like nine images in a grid that kind of taps into an aesthetic or a vibe. Um, so like people will do, you know, like a aesthetic mood board of like ocean and forest and, um, cups of coffee and like a cozy sweater and then pair that with, um, some lyrics from one of his songs. Okay. But then there are also like really funny, like text posts. Like I'm, I, I'm actually, I just did a search cause I was curious. There's one recent one. Uh, from a user yesterday that said, I love that Andrew could have brought could have bought a loaf of bread, a universal and ancient food for the spirits around his place, but instead he chose digestives, which is like um like a British biscuit. <laughs> hmm. So people love following him on social media. We saw a huge bump for him. He accidentally posted an Instagram video of himself using the um like sexy squidward filter that Instagram <laughs> handful had. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so he posted this thing and then realized that he posted it and deleted it and then like posted an apology video it was like sorry i didn't mean to send that and like tumblr lost it like they were like this is the best thing we've ever seen like his fans were like this is unhinged and like he was clearly you know like a couple of glasses of wine deep and just posted this thing on accident and it was great but he like he inadvertently was just playing to his audience 100 <laughs> percent <laughs> oh gosh and then you oh, get man. you know you get fan art you get memes you get um you know people like to um you know like make cross stitches out of his lyrics as well so you get like cross stitch and embroidery like it's it's wild to see how creative people get with things like music so do a lot of those things just kind of apply to most everyone else on this list? Or is that so, a lot of these things particular to how people engage with Hozier? I think a lot of those things are particular to how they engage with Hozier. Like kind of the, 
the like the embroidery and stuff like that I feel like is very much it taps into this kind of cottage core vibe that I think a lot of his fans overlap with um which is interesting to see mood boards like they're constant they're going to be for for everyone um you know like people are always going to be making like aesthetic edits of of Tumblr power user Taylor Swift <laughs> like it's just it's just a thing um and and Taylor obviously has gone very cottage core herself. Oh my god, yes. I am convinced that like folklore was inspired by her just like scrolling through her Tumblr blog. <laughs> like I think it's it's so that vibe. And I love I just read this uh, interview with Fiona Apple in Pitchfork where she was talking about how like she loves scroll like Tumblr is her favorite. She's got a she's got a secret Tumblr and nobody knows what it is and I love that. Um, she was saying that like she she spends most of her time on Tumblr, as far as you know screen time goes, which I think yeah. is great. And and no sign of Fiona on any of these lists too, despite having a big new record. I mean, the hard part is, I I kind of I think I'm gonna make a push to do a list of like top records next year, but like the hard part is is that when you've got data this big and and when we're operating on these lists, it's such a huge level on Tumblr. We can't capture like all of those different aspects. Um, So it's personally disappointing that for me, at least that Fiona Apple was, didn't make the list or that like sea shanties didn't make the top genres list. Like that's a bummer. It sucks. Like they're very, wait, is there a big, is there a big sea shanties community? Oh yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about that. It's great. Um, (laughs) So there's this group, uh, the Longest Johns, um, who are pretty popular on platform, uh, and and they like they just they're they they sing sea shanties. Um, it taps into like a kind of like this aesthetic of like I am like just wild and out like again being feral but like being feral at sea and like i remember there was a post that went really viral um where it was like um the longest johns this band uh singing while playing uh this video game sea of thieves and like this who you know there's um there's like uh in-game audio so like this other player was just like, are you guys singing that right now? Like, are you what? But like combining this like fun kind of vibe, this haunting melody with this video game, like is wild to me. (laughs) Of all the trees that grow so fair, old England to adore, greater are none beneath the sun than oak and ash and thorn. Sing oak and ash and thorn, good sirs, all on a midsummer's morn. Surely we'll sing of no little thing in oak and ash and thorn. Do you feel like there's kind of like this bubbling up like where it seems like the culture wants more pirate stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 Pirates are very gay. Yeah, pirates are very gay. They don't give a fuck about, like, authority. You know, like, they just want to roam around and, um, you know, look at mermaids and and steal stuff. Which, mood. Yeah. 
and they're brutal. They're just ruthless and brutal. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. This kind of unapologetic like violence and like, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's an interesting way of thinking about it. Did you know that one of the current X-Men books is a X-Men pirate book? Shut up. Yeah, it's called Marauders. It's the one that focuses on uh, Kate Pride and Emma Frost. Okay, I've got to read that. Yeah, it's 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 very good. Uh, <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's also the one. Uh, it's also basically the Hellfire Club book, but the, ah. a whole yeah. It's like, like smuggling the mutant drugs around the world to the black markets and. But there's another example of like it seems like pirates are kind of bubbling up. It feels like like we're maybe the 2020s is going to be a, a pirate era. Pirate decades bring back like pirate speak. Talk like a pirate day. <laughs> <laughs> going uh i mean obviously like the pirates of the caribbean was a big franchise but it, was, it seemed like culturally limited to pirate of the caribbean uh whereas it seems like a lot of these things coming up now are you know a little little more just like lots of bits of culture weird bits of culture yeah like weird video games or whatever um mm. and like there have been a couple like popular tv shows on tumblr that are pirate related um, Which ones are those? Oh crap! What was the name of the show? Uh, Black Sails. It's a good name. Yeah, Black Sails. Um, which spoiler alert uh, was also kind of gay, which you love to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, Black Sails was a 2014 adventure series on Stars, and like it was really, really popular. And it was just like a bunch of like swashbuckling pirates who had deep feelings about one another. And and <laughs> well, they're on a boat all the time. I know, I know, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the boat will make it happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, and then you you talk about like you know like pirate queens, like lesbian pirate queens. Huge aesthetic, huge aesthetic on Tumblr. Oh, and again, Kate Pride. Mm. Kate Pride now, by the way, not Kitty. Ooh, she's growing up. Gosh, yeah, I need to catch up. Yeah, you'll. I think you'll really like that one. It's it's like kind of like a. It's also very heavily soap opera ish. Mm, love that. And like the main villain is Sebastian Shaw. Oh, more soap opera ish than than most regular X Men. It's very Claremont. Uh, it's the out of all the current books, it's the one that's most Claremont. Oh, great tone. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the number one artist. A solo artist is Harry Styles, and yeah. I think we should talk a little about Harry because Harry is a, a delight to have in the world, but also just like tailor made for this platform. One hundred percent, beautiful, good boy who's always putting out stuff in the world. Always putting out stuff in the world. Always kind of reinventing his image. I feel like in a really interesting way that resonates with his fans. Like as he is growing up. And growing as like an artist and a person and a musician, um, like I feel like his fans have been doing much the same. So you had the people, you know, from 2010 who were obsessed with One Direction, who were 12 at the time, and they're now like 22, and they're their own person as well. And I think his changes and his music resonate with them in a way. Um, that they feel like deeply connected to because they have this long-standing connection to his music. 
and the other uh, guys from One Direction are also pretty high, placing. High, oh yeah, pretty high. I think there's one who's missing, but Lewis Tomlinson is number three. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see, Niall Horn is number six. I think Zane is number twenty-two. Oh yeah, I mean, so, anytime yeah. So, any- there's this one guy who's missing. I can't remember his name. Anytime <laughs> any of them do anything, it trends on Tumblr. Like we see it immediately. It's like, oh my god. Like anytime there's an interview, anytime there's a tweet, like it's the response is immediate and very enthusiastic. Yeah, they're definitely like the Beatles of the 2010s yeah. for sure. And like watermelon sugar just like blew everything out of the water this year. Yeah. Um, a, a number one hit uh, on Billboard as well. It just, uh, but I think a lot of the culture behind this is what pushed it there because it wasn't an immediate hit. Right. 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 I mean, that's a really interesting thing. It's, I feel like it's so hard to release music and obviously because of 2020, like touring has been pretty much impossible. So like how, how do people discover music? How do people engage with that music in a year like 2020? Uh, The other day, um, I just, I had a really good experience with Harry Styles fans. Oh Yeah. Where on Twitter I put up a picture of a few, um, you know, like in the like nativity scenes and things like that, where they always have like the shepherd boy who's carry who's beautiful and he's carrying a a, a lamb. Uh huh. Yeah. I, yeah. I put up a, a few pictures of those that I took out in the Diker Heights, which is kind of famous for its ornate Christmas decorations. Oh yeah. And I was like, and the the joke I made was like, I think like you know. Guys like Harry Styles and uh, Timothy Chalamet, they need to step it up and start carrying lambs. And then within a couple minutes, some Harry Styles fan found that and was like, oh, like this? And Harry Styles had already done it two years ago. (laughs) And it's just like... And I was just like stunned and like, I should never doubt this man. I like, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I have some tweet to that effect. Like I should never uh, underestimate this man. And, you know, that but, is incredible. Just, but just wait, like, but the, the Harry Styles fans are just so warm and friendly that they're, and they're always so excited about something like this. And like, they're so tickled by this, like the, the, the main sentiment being like harry styles knows what you want well before you do and he's already done it yeah yeah (laughs) but it's you know you kind of think about all these stands who are uh online and all these different platforms and a lot of them are terrifying and if like there's definitely a version of that story where i'm just like inundated with people screaming at me for not knowing this thing but But no they're all so warm and friendly yeah they i feel like for a lot of a lot of music fans, fans of specific musicians like Harry Styles, they want everyone to love their faves as much as they do. So like, you know, Harry Styles comes out and does a photo shoot where he's wearing a dress and everyone like loses their mind and and they don't want to hear criticism of it and they want everyone to also think that it is amazing. You know, and I think there's a there's a fun way that a lot of fans rally on all the different social media platforms of like, you know, like we're not going to hate, we're not going to bully. We're just going to be like, you should love this person more. Yeah. I think particular to Harry Styles, he's just a really kind vibe guy in general. And I think like he puts a lot of 
energy in the world. Like, no, you got to, everybody's got to like be cool with each other and be nice to each other. And I think like his audience re- really takes it to heart and it's, uh, probably a big part of like why they're really into him and yeah. remain into him. Yeah. There's something nice about just chill vibes only and like playfulness and like acceptance and like just, you know, hi, I'm, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. And, and everyone should just be cool to one another. Going to, go to your house and feed your fish kind of vibes. Like, it's great. Sunflower Sunflower My eyes Want you more than a melody Let me Inside Wish I could get to know you Sunflowers Sometimes Keep it sweet in your memory I was just tongue-tied I don't wanna make you feel bad But I've been trying hard not to talk to you any kind of interesting fandom stories related to music that you've you've seen over the course of the past year well i mean i just mentioned harry styles uh i think his car broke down or something and he went to go use somebody's phone and um the daughter of uh, the person whose phone he used was a huge fan and so like harry styles like hung out while he was waiting for his car to get towed or whatever and like fed this girl's fish and then left a note being like, sorry, I missed you. I fed your fish like XOXO Harry. And like everyone flipped out. Everyone was like, can you imagine like Harry Styles sitting in your bedroom, feeding your fish and you missed it. <laughs> oh God. It's it's also so beautiful that he was just feeding the fish. That's such a great detail. I know. You just because he cared, he cared about the fish. He just was worried about the fish. Like you know, his problems are very small. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a video of um, like a busker um, playing "Take Me to Church," and um, you know, his friend was like recording or whatever, and somebody goes and like drops a couple dollars into the um, guitar case. And then, like, slips his mask down and says, good job, and slips it back up. And it was Hosier. And, like, (laughs) that's the kind of vibe that, like, he puts out, this kind of, like, chaotic vibe of, like, he could just pop up somewhere while you're playing his song and, like, give you money and tell you that you're doing a great cover. Like, that's so fun. And, like, people flipped out about that as well. It was just like, oh, my God, he did it. I think you've mentioned to me before that the, the Kanye West is on the on the list, but kind of for like negative attention. Yeah. So the way that we run our lists is that they are like totally data driven. So f- both for fandom metrics and for year in review, um, we don't track sentiment. We don't take sentiment into account. Um, it is purely like how many people are posting and tagging and sharing content on tumblr about these people or these things so kanye west was number 38 i believe on our solo acts list this year good memory um but it it was very much tied to 
everything that happened with him this year and, and, you know, all of the election stuff and people expressing concern about him. Um, it's, it's interesting to see data like that pop up. Um, but I also think it's important to have data like that pop up, you know, like we're not endorsing any of these lists. We are just saying, this is what the Tumblr community was talking about. Yeah. I have to assume there was a good amount of people doing posts about Kanye West. I just like about all of his old records. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But yeah. I guess that's what pushed it over the top. Like, cause he's, it's like, I guess he can't, I have to assume he came back on the list. I assume he was on the list in a previous year, but yeah, he, wasn't I believe so. pre- he wasn't on the 2019 list is the point. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, definitely like a lot of, there's still a lot of like residual enthusiasm for like his style, like his relationship with um, Kim Kardashian, like hip hop aesthetics in general. Um, but also just how fucking good his music is. Yeah. One of, another thing that kind of like, when you kind of look at the list and you're like, what? I'm surprised that Lord returned to the list this year after not being at on last year because she hasn't had any new records. So like what changed for Lord? I think I want to say she teased that she's working on a new record. She has done that. Yes. And I think that was enough to get her back on the list because people mm. just love her. Cool to see Orville Peck kind of pop in on the list. He's number 33, just below Paul McCartney. Some guy. <laughs> Just some guy, Paul McCartney. Um, yeah, Orville Peck. People love his whole his whole vibe, um, music, of course. But like, um, there's a huge overlap, I think, with like fashion as well. And people just love the way that Orville Peck presents in the yeah. world. Oh, he was well ahead of us on masks. Yeah, well ahead of us. <laughs> Burning rubber wherever we go. Looking back at the orange glow Each tunnel we take, my heart on the brakes The road doesn't matter, it's how you haul We lost it in 99 after all You put up the cards just to watch them fall Said you drive me. You always said you drive me crazy. I also I love that on the uh, the music groups list, Gorillas is number six, and you're like, oh, of course yeah. they would be. Like everything about the Gorillas is totally like built one hundred percent. Like they have these characters, this storytelling, this world that they have, the aesthetics of all their videos. Like every time they drop a new video. It's the only thing that like the music fans talk about for a week, uh, you know, and it's like gift sets and and fan art of the gorillas characters. I'm always kind of amazed by how clearly Damon Albarn saw the future. Mm. Like, oh, you know, this is what I need to do. We need these kind of uh, cartoon avatars and have like so we can ha- build out all this stuff around those avatars, and also gives me. It, puts me in the clear to just do whatever I want musically and to uh I mean it's still so fascinating that uh 
the guy from Blur has become a credible rap producer. Like that's a thing that happened in our lives. <laughs> Which, you know, as a Blur fan from the nineties, like blows me away. <laughs> like, like how is this the same person? Right. And I mean, also and a notable thing about him being like, okay, you're never going to see pictures of me. It's always going to be these cartoon avatars. Like Damon Albarn is a famously handsome mm. man. Like Blur, especially in the 90s, was sold a lot on them being basically a boy right. band. Right. Well, and it's, and it's also interesting, like, per your point about him, like, kind of seeing the future, we've seen other bands gain popularity on Tumblr that are kind of virtual in the same way that Gorillaz has this kind of virtualness. There's this band, um, KDA, that was on the list last year, and I think they dropped quite a bit this year. But they are um, a virtual band based from the video game League of Legends. (laughs) Okay. Um, But it's very, like, K-pop vibes. Uh, very like K-pop girl group vibes. Um, and, and people make fan art, people do cosplay of, of these like virtual singers. It's fascinating to see. It makes me think of like Hatsune Miku, you know, like who is a, a virtual singer out of Japan. None of this was possible 10 years ago, but you had gorillas doing it. You know, it's wild to me. And they're just ahead of the Beatles, some dudes, um, and also a CNCO, which is a, uh, a reggaeton boy band. Yes, yes. So boy t- bands. T- tell, me, tell me just about them, though, because a lot of like the boy, the boy band energy now is kind of in different places. So this is like a, a reggaeton Latin boy band. Yeah, yeah. Um, wildly popular. Um, again, I feel like as as the guys in the group have grown, so have the fans. Um, so like clearly like people are gonna be thirsty. Like anytime there's a, a boy band, like people are just gonna be thirsty for their faves. But that's true of like any band, I feel like. Um and and people just really like seeing their faves from CNCO at like interacting with one another so like anytime they do like an instagram video where they call out one of their bandmates like goes hugely popular like we see fan cams of them from old concerts that's a that's a huge thing um yeah they're they're just surprisingly big on on i guess i shouldn't say surprisingly big on platform they're really big on platform in a way that like is interesting to see because i think it really highlights how global 
the larger Tumblr community is. Quizá te pueda preguntar hace falta a esta noche blanca a nuestra vida que han vivido tanto que han visto mil colores de y cuando llueve te gusta caminar vas abrazándome sin prisa aunque te mojes amor mío lo nuestro es como I feel like looking at all these different lists of what's big on Tumblr, like the thing that makes them an outlier is that they are uh, Latin. Yeah. Because most other things are either uh, Asian or they're uh, Anglo. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see many Latin artists break out in that same way. It also strikes me that uh, in addition to this being like, this world hub for K-pop fandom. It's also a place where like rock seems to do really well. It really thrives. Obviously like my chemical romance and queen, but like going down the list, like 21 pilots, fallout boy, 1975, Rammstein, humongous yeah. on Tumblr, yeah. uh, uh, you know, then also just a lot of classic rock bands like your Nirvana's Led Zeppelin, green day, then like a lot of stuff like yeah molly crew uh but yeah then a lot of things are like really big uh more like within the past 15 years or so like Coldplay, florence and the machine arctic monkeys muse so it's, it's really yeah. an, like a, a good mix of things like there's actually it seems like all the decades going back to the 60s are kind of hit in this top 50 of uh music groups yeah, it's really representative, I feel, of like the, the breadth of music in the last several decades. Yeah. So like, why do you think it is a good place for... Because uh, one of the things you hear a lot, like this like really terrible received wisdom is like, oh, people don't like rock music anymore, which is just like not represented in any kind of data besides the fact that like the biggest stars are not rock acts. Right, right. I, I think so much of it taps into the music that you grew up with in a lot of ways, you know, like we're very much, I think formed in part by, by the things we experience at pivotal times when we're growing up, whether we're a little kid and our mom is listening to, you know, Led Zeppelin, like I grew up with. And then, then you're a teenager and you discover Nirvana and that kind of grows and evolves and changes you. And then, you know, then something like gorillas comes out or any of these other rock bands that are kind of popular right now. uh, It's, there's something that connects you to them. And like, there's something like very visceral about rock music. You know, it, it hits hard. There's, there's, drums there's bass there's there's something like driving about it i think as a music genre yeah um, i think there's also just a lot of good iconography i'm just looking at like like some of these artists who are here there's a lot of bands who just have like amazing iconography like pink floyd guns and roses the cure uh you know just and down the line I, and, yeah. and, people, and just like and also like the kind of like stars that people just fixate on endlessly so you're Kurt Cobain's like any a member of the Beatles yeah Freddie um, Mercury Morrissey. yeah yeah. I, yeah obviously Freddie Mercury the biggest of them all here well not the biggest the biggest would be uh Gerard Way yeah 
Oh yeah, Troidway is massively popular on Tumblr. My Chemical Romance is probably the most Tumblr rock band possible. Well, yeah, because then you it also ties into like the Umbrella Academy, which is huge mm-hmm. on Tumblr. Yeah, and you know, and just also just like all all these emo kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. All of the delightful emo kids. Um, of which, you know, there are millions. It's just so funny to, to see. I think the thing that really strikes me about looking at all this stuff is how much it's an alternate universe compared to what a lot of mu- music media looks like. I would and- say I, I agree with that. But like in the West, like as far as K-pop goes, like they are some of the only people who had concerts this year. Um, they held these virtual um, uh, concerts called Beyond Live, and they were online concerts where people you had to buy tickets. They were selling merch, and it was like massive, like produced concerts, but they were all online. And like, it's interesting to me that like there's there's a whole you know there are whole entertainment companies behind these wildly popular K-pop artists, and and they are organized and producing stuff in a way that's still making money in 2020 when everything else got canceled. So as a person who's been like closely observing Tumblr, like first on the outside and now on the inside, uh, was there like any particular tipping points in how uh, K-pop exploded in that ecosystem? I feel like BTS got really popular and it, it kind of like, broke the surface of more like mainstream Tumblr. Um, it kind of like brought K-pop to the forefront, but then you had bands like, like Stray Kids and Shiny and Twice and all of the NCT groups um, that, you know, like BTS was the, was the gateway drug for all of these other groups. And like once people discovered them, it just kind of was a, a waterfall effect of like, okay, well, like now this is like, this is what I'm obsessed with. This is my music. This is my group. This is my bias. Like, and and my blog and my consumption and my output is all going to be related to it. <laughs> yeah. It seems kind of like uh, an echo of what happened uh, with Alternative Rock when once Nine Inch, I'm not sorry, once Nirvana like really blew up and then suddenly the floodgates open of all these artists who had, had already been there or were just coming out. And it was just like, oh, there, it was like a, a switch turned. Right. Like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, this is a thing. And like, and, and I can be open about my, my, enthusiasm for it like i i remember like two or three years ago i had this experience where i was like scrolling through my tumblr dashboard and like every couple of weeks there would just be like k-pop on my dashboard from a user like a url that i didn't recognize and it was somebody that i had followed for years who were who turned into a k-pop blogger you know like they were like oh they discovered k-pop and they were like nope this is my thing they changed their url and then they start posting k-pop you know, it's delightful, you know, it's, but it, it was definitely like kind of confusing at first. Cause it was like, Oh, why is there so much K-pop on my dash right now? Oh, my mutual like discovered, you know, black pink. Yeah, and now black, I love black yeah. pink. Black yeah, pink and, and red velvet are probably of the, of the big pop ones are my, are my favorites. Oh, totally. Black pink 
sick. I love Blackpink. The collab with Selena Gomez was like wonderful. It's so good. It's just, it's so good. I'm a big fan of Blackpink. Like Luna's good. Like Mama Moo's good. But like if I had to choose one girl group, it would be Blackpink for sure. And it seems like they're pretty hot on the heels of BTS as far as being like you know, one of the ones that have really connected in America. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting to see the way that like the Selena Gomez collab kind of brought more attention to them from people who were Selena Gomez fans but had never really like paid attention to K-pop or you know were dismissive of it. Now they're just like, oh yeah, Stan Black Pink, like great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, Tumblr has been there to facilitate this because it is a really big deal. And, you know, the American music press, the American, uh, you know, like radio, all these things simply were indifferent to it or just weren't going to like take a chance on it. And and I noticed even from the past, uh, you know, like a lot of the 2010s, you know, people be like, oh, it's a niche thing. And like, you know, it's like, but now it really is becoming a thing where it's just like, oh, this is just another big pillar. And I think a similar thing happened with uh, reggaeton and a lot of Latin music where like, no, this is a critical mass that is happening. And I think there really has been this tendency in American popular music where like, okay, we have, this is the white music and this is the black music. And if you're one of other ethnicities or races, sorry, <laughs> right, your music doesn't exist. <laughs> right, but now that's really changing, and I think that's like one of the things I think is just exciting about how things are changing now. Where it's it, you can have these entire other realms where it's it doesn't really. I mean, obviously, a lot of K-pop is like drawing from rap, and a lot of R and B is like it's kind of drawing from everything, which I think one of the things that's exciting about it is that it really is like this post-genre thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Like, there's so many influences stylistically, and and you have people who do multiple things. So, you know, like, you've got people who are in BTS or who are in um, Stray Kids or whatever, who then will drop a solo album that is sounds completely different than what their group album t- sounds like. And, and it's interesting to see this kind of sense of like experimentation and um, kind of melding of different genres coming out of South Korea. It's, it's fascinating to see. Are there any 
music-centric tumblers that you think are exceptionally good or things that people uh, should know about? You know, I should have anticipated that question, and I probably uh, probably should have done a little bit of research. But off the top of my head, um, we have a wonderful music.tumblr.com that kind of highlights both popular things on platform, but also highlights up and coming musicians. Um, you know, like they did a thing with Billie Eilish years ago before she kind of broke out. Um, the music blog is like really cool for like kind of getting a, a feel of what's new and emerging on platform. Um, and they do interviews and they, you know, we've got um, a great team who, who work with um, various artists. Um, similarly, the K-pop blog, which is just kpop.tumblr.com. Um, but as far as just kind of like general, general music, it's, I feel like it's just too broad. You've got to find the blogs that, that are part of that genre or part of, um, that fandom that you're in. Right. Um, or just, you're just finding like a person that you like as opposed exactly. to like some kind of like uh, broader identity. Right. It's like, Oh, I like this person's take. I like their taste. Like, cool. I'm going to follow them. Wow. But if anyone ever needs, you know, blog follow suggestions, I'm on Twitter and I'm always happy to, to help you find good content on Tumblr. And more importantly, you are on Tumblr. What is your Tumblr name, your uh, main one? I am adulthood is okay. Is that okay or O-K-A-Y? O-K-A-Y. All one yes. word. Adulthood is okay. It is and it's, okay. It is. Yeah. It's like, it's not great, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to talk to you and to talk about like music and, and Tumblr. Thank you.